eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. So check this out. This week has been crazy. It's just been crazy. I've been going back and forth with all the baseball stuff. It's been a really weird week to do even a local talk show. I can't even imagine what it was like to do a national talk show with all the things that happened in baseball this week. And I swear, every time that I was getting ready to get around to some hardcore football talk on the show this week, there was another shoe that dropped, and it was baseball. People getting fired. People getting caught. Is this guy wearing a wire? Is this guy wearing a buzzer? Are they flicking the lights from center field? What about Bobby Thompson? Is Pete Rose going to the Hall of Fame now? Like all this stuff, all this stuff like just kept happening and kept me off the rails when it came to talking football. But that's going to change starting right now. That's the beauty of having the podcast is that there's stuff that I have that I can share with you and then you can check it out at your leisure. So check this out. I had Jim Ozarski, who covers the Packers from the Journal Sentinel, on on uh, an interview. Like It was one of those things where I recorded it before the show because he needed to get into the locker room, like that sort of thing. And I'm like, great, I've got all this content that I can play on the air for people, and they haven't heard it yet. And then baseball happened. So here's what Jim and I talked about. We previewed the NFC title game, and we talked about the the, the Packers and the 49ers. But before that, the reason that I called Jim initially was because he covered Bill Lazor, who is the Bears' new offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. So I wanted to get a little intel on him, and Jim provided that. So that's what this episode is. You're going to get about half and half. It's a little bit of me talking about Bill Lazor and the offensive coordinator spot for the Bears. And the other half is previewing 49ers and Packers and how the the Packers are better now than they were back in week 11 when they got their their butts kicked. So if you need some football fix, I got your football fix. This is me and Jim Ozarski talking ball. 
Yeah, he's, uh, well, I, I guess if you're going to ever carry a press conference or hope to to run audio clips, um, he's not going to give you some of the stuff Mark Halfridge did. I mean, Bill's a, a pretty buttoned-up guy. Um, he's a very thoughtful, smart man, very smart man. So he, he will not say things, um, I guess, that he doesn't want to say. Does that make sense? So you're not going to get a whole lot of, uh, of that from him now in terms of on the field, which obviously is what matters most. Um, I, I think he knows how to get running backs involved, dual threat running backs, his history dating back to, you know, I mean, he started working in the league with Joe Gibbs, believe it or not, back in the early part of the century. But Chip Kelly, Shady McCoy down in Miami, Lamar Miller became Lamar Miller there, Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. He knows how to, to get the most out of that position, I think, run and pass. Um, and actually – you know, I don't know how this fits with Matt Nagy, to be honest, Lawrence, you would know this better, but it seems like slot receivers, for whatever reason, under Bill Lazor, um, know what to do as well. Jarvis Landry became a pro bowler in Miami. Um, Tyler Boyd, be, you know, really, really good slot guy, third down guy in Cincinnati. And then finally, quarterback. Bill Lazor, the first time anyone heard of Nick Foles, Lawrence, was under Chip Kelly, went to a Pro Bowl, what, 27 touchdowns, two picks. His position coach was Bill Lazor. Ryan Tannehill, the reason that guy got a second deal in Miami, his, the two, his two best years there, Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator under Joe Philbin. So I, I do think he's going to be a help in that room as well. In your piece that you wrote back in the day when you were working for the Cincinnati Inquirer, you got a quote about his adaptability. And as you can imagine, people in Chicago – are going, man, that would be great if, if we saw a version of that for the Bears offense, considering it's one of the biggest criticisms against Matt Nagy was his lack of adaptability as, as games went on and as the season went on with proof of what his quarterback could and could not do. Yeah, I think, Bill, that is Bill's strongest suit, in my opinion. Um, his offensive background is so varied. I mean, back from – I mentioned Joe Gibbs. He worked for Dan Reeves as well. Um, so the old school football heads listening to you know what that means in terms of the offensive background. Um, I mean, you're talking about the roots of some of this, some of these systems, right, the wide zone, outside zone in the run game. Now, Joe Philbin was pure West Coast. Chip Kelly, obviously, with the tempo and some of that stuff. Um, you know, so you're right. I think – I don't know if he's worked in a scheme – like uh, Nagy's, I mean, the offensive coordinator in Philly was um, Pat Shermer. So, you know, he's, I, I think he can mold himself to fit things. I think he's also a pretty um, hard coach, if that makes sense. He's, like I said, a very smart guy. Uh, and so I, I think he coaches hard and he expects a lot out of his guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the adaptability part of it and being able to, to kind of shift things and make, make it work for his guys I think is a strong suit. Everyone here is trying to figure out if he's actually going to be allowed to call plays. And it's a, it's a question that Matt Nagy has, has kind of poo-pooed, even though I think that it would benefit him if he had someone that he really trusted to call plays. So what have the people that have worked with Laser said about whether it's his play schemes or his play calling in in-game situations? 
Yeah, this is interesting because he – so when Bill went to Miami, you know, Joe Philbin, I believe, called the plays there. And then when Philbin was fired and Dan Campbell took over, Laser called plays at the end in, in Miami, and then they were all blown out. Um, you know, Cincinnati, he got that shot. I, you know, and that's hard because if you look at that Bengals team in 18, not that great, you know, and, and some of that is talent. Um, I don't know if Bill calling plays is necessarily the answer, Lawrence. I mean, I, I think for as strong as he is in his offensive mind and knowing how to coach, I don't know if he's a fully developed play caller either. You know, um, I do. what I can say is I do think he knows you got to get the ball in the hands of your best players. And in Miami and in Cincinnati, that was the running back. Um, and – they had a number one receiver in both spots. So get the ball to those guys. And it sounds easy to say, but I think he at least could do that. Now, I don't know if – I mean, Matt Nagy might have more games calling plays now than, than Laser does, but at least he's done it, unlike Mark Helfrich, right? So I think, I think if Nagy's still going to call plays, um, at least Laser has been in that situation, has been in those shoes, and can maybe be a – steadier hand, if you will, on the NFL level than, than Mark Helfrich was, just strictly from an experience standpoint. Jim, a lot of Bears fans are connecting the dots. They say Bill Lazor, they see he was in Cincinnati, they see Andy Dalton not happy in Cincinnati and go, well, maybe that's someone that they could bring in. What was his relationship like with Andy Dalton, and do you think it would make any sense for the Bears to bring Dalton in? I think there would be inherent comfort level. Um, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, you know, maybe if the Packers or if the Bears, excuse me, you can see where my mind's at, uh, hired Ken Zampezi, you know, uh, the, the offensive coordinator who hired Bill Lazor in Cincinnati before uh, as the quarterback's coach. I mean, Zamp had a huge, a great relationship with Andy Dalton. Dalton. I'll be honest, uh, if he ends up in Chicago, it's not going to be because of Bill Lazor. Um, that, that'll be a, a Ryan Pace decision. And honestly, Andy's the type of guy who can probably work for any coach. He's that sort of, that's sort of his personality. So I wouldn't make that leap necessarily. All right, well, let's talk about your, your real job. Your real job now <laughs> is to cover the Green Bay Packers. They find themselves getting ready to take the trip out west to, to go play San Francisco yet again. What what makes the people in Green Bay think that this time will be different than what happened in Week 11? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the sense in – look, that was such a butt-whooping, Lawrence, that there's really no way for them to approach this game other than a, a hard look in the mirror, and that's the way they're taking it. Um, they're putting a lot of it on themselves with some of the mistakes they made, and then, of course – the deference to San Francisco saying, if you make a mistake against a team like that, they're going to score touchdowns and they're going to beat you up and they're not wrong. And that's what happened. So I think what they're, what they're hoping to do at least this week, Lawrence is to not fumble <laughs> on the first play of the game and give them the ball at the two yard line is not to blow coverages to the point where even I could complete a pass to George Kittle and Debo Samuel. And, you know, some of those things like I think they had some false starts, the penalties that got them behind the sticks where, Look, they've got two really good tackles, but if you can have Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and now D Ford who's back and, and Solomon Thomas and it's third and nine, I mean, come on, right? I mean, that, that's just not going to work. 
So I think that's what the Packers are hoping to do is eliminate some of those shoot-yourself-in-the-foot moments to give them a better chance. What scares them about San Francisco? I think it's just that. It's the fact that you cannot make a mistake. Maybe you can make one on offense. You can make one on defense. Because, look, they're not perfect. They're not robots. Blown coverage is going to happen, right? A hold or a sack is going to happen. So I think it's the the fact that I think what scares them is that that team can and will capitalize on it. You know, you can maybe have a gimme against the Bears or the Lions or the Vikings or even or even Seattle. You know, where, where they didn't get the turnover on defense or they, they went three and out two, three times in a row. Um, I don't think you can do that. So I think that, that's, that what's that balance there, Lawrence, right? You've covered the game long enough. Like, you, you know you have to be almost perfect, but how do you play so you're not wound so tight, right, that you, that you make a mistake or you play afraid? I think that's the, the balance they're going to try to find this week. Does being back there and playing the 49ers mean anything to Aaron Rodgers? Uh, it does. You know, he's, he's like Michael Jordan very much in that way. You know, the, I, he still, it still bothers him that he wasn't picked number one way back in 2008. You know, his, his hometown team passed on him. And, um, you know, this was a, a kid who, a kid now, he's, you know, our age. I mean, he's that, that wanted to, to be that guy out on the West Coast. So, yeah, he'll always, he's that kind of guy. He'll always draw on that slight. It's not really a storyline necessarily. I think he's played too much football, but it's, it's in there. You know, he, he'll remind people about it, especially if they win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because let's face it, the 49ers have gotten the best of the Packers um, in this recent iteration. Colin Kaepernick just ran all over them back in 12 and 13. So, um, you know, the, the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers haven't had much success against the 49ers in the postseason. What's this run that the Packers have been on meant for Matt LaFleur? And it's a good question. I it's funny because he has tried so hard to to deflect anything and everything away from him and put it in his locker room. It, it's hard to get a real feel for it from him. Um, I'm sure every coach will tell you, oh, no, this is what I was hired to do. You know, turn around a seven-win team, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in two years and, and make them relevant again. I, I think it, it cemented, if one thing, Lawrence, it might be like the Matt Nagy's, situation last year where where you wondered can he hold a room can he keep a team together um i I think they answered that question a couple times where he can run a team you know um he hasn't had much adversity you know so we might see that next year like matt Nagy did in year two uh but i think it means you know the guy can game plan you know the guy can uh run a room and run a team and now we'll see if he can you know he was out coached in san francisco so now i think that's the next step where you at, you know, in your coaching development. One more thing, and I wanted to bring it back to the Bears for a second. Why is it what, – what did, what did the people up there say about why it seems that Mike Pettin has Mitch Trubisky's number? Um, I think it's because they – I mean, man, I, it, it's the same reason why Matt Patricia doesn't. Mike Pettin is more than willing to let a quarterback – beat him if he thinks if he thinks he can't <laughs> and I think quite honestly they, they won't say it so I'll say it. I mean Tremont Williams kind of did right let Mitch make play quarterback and what that means is drop a bunch of guys in coverages 
send a bunch of guys on blitzes, have Zadarius Smith roam around, and put stress on that interior of the line and that communication. So I think Mike Patton just kind of knows, you know, and, and Matt Nagy said it at the, in the press conference, struggle reading coverages. And Mike Patton loves to play coverage and let his guys um, rush. You know, and, and I know he's known, if you will, I'm doing the air quotes, you can't sit for blitzes and the Rex Ryan stuff, but I think Mike knows, you know, it's the same thing with Kirk Cousins, and I think this weekend with Jimmy Garoppolo, if they can make that guy beat him, he'd rather have that than the run game or, you know, the catch-and-run stuff. So I don't think it's a secret, Lawrence. I think Mike Penn was maybe more just willing to amend his style at times to, to make, you know, Mitch have to read stuff and make throws in, in the windows. I and lied. We've seen, yeah. yeah. I, I have one more thing. I, I want to know how impressed you were with what Preston and Zadarius and Kenny Clark did to flush Russell Wilson out of the pocket last week. Because the PFF numbers on those guys, I was amazed. They, they, they ended up combining for like 22 pressures on <laughs> Russ. That's, that's crazy production from your defensive line. Yeah, and that's what they've been doing the last six weeks, Lawrence. Um, that's how good they've been. They've been that good all year, to be honest. But, again, Mike Patton changed. Up until that San Francisco game, he was bringing blitzes. He was having them kind of do different things up front, and now he's just let them go eat. They've been that good. They've been that healthy. Um, I'm not surprised, honestly, because we've seen that. Now, uh, Seattle had some injury issues up front, too, beginning at their center position. I think that was the third, number three center. So they, Kenny Clark is going to is going to destroy that kind of guy. I mean, no offense to him, but that's just, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised by it uh, because that's what those guys have been doing all year. Thank you, sir. Go enjoy practice. <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate it, Lord. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.